Today's show is sponsored by the MultiorgasmicMama.com. If lack of confidence, low libido, or guilt and shame around your sexuality are the cause of your bedroom woes, you know, the hot wild sex you never have anymore, or the transition into motherhood that sucked your libido dry, let me help you get your mojo and magnetic feminine spark back. Magic, miracles, total self-love, and multi-orgasmic bliss included. See you at TheMultiorgasmicMama.com. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you, Lacey. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I know. This is going to be a fun, juicy interview here, all about the vagus nerve and pleasure and sex. Interesting stuff. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do in the world? What is your work all about? Well, the easy answer is that I'm a physical therapist. Uh, the way my work has, uh, or my cl- so my clinical expertise is in treating the vagus nerve as a pinched nerve. And your vagus nerve, we'll get into this more, I think, a little bit later, but it's your big stress and pleasure mediating pathway. And it, as a physical therapist, it's always been interesting to me in terms of mediating inflammation and helping people get out of their pain. Your vagus nerve does tons and tons of things in your body. But what I have, where I have really distilled everything to is um, uh, becoming the, uh, I would call myself the queen of alignment <laughs> that we you know, and that we have three major ways that we align. And one is through our physical bodies. Um, we also align electromagnetically. We are electromagnetic fields that are generated by our vagus nerves synchronized with the electromagnetic field of the earth. And so we have this bigger electromagnetic alignment. And then I also work a lot with archetype in the body and look at mythology as a mode of transmitting scientific information. And so I do what I'm calling story prescription. So I match particular myths with particular parts of the anatomy to help you undercover, to help you uncover the spiritual underpinnings of your physical dysfunction and also resolve any distortions in that energetic imprint because I think that's literally the way the cosmos is coded into you. Yeah. So you are so much more than than a physical therapist. <laughs> yes, yes. And I treat people online and I treat people in person. So I have a very uh different skill set than than a traditional physical therapist does. Yeah. Which is what I love because I love that you have this physical, you know, biological anatomy type skill set that you can bring to the table, but you also really understand the energy body and how that plays into things so much. And I think it's just such a beautiful intertwining of skills that you have. It's so Thank you. I have so much fun with it. My background is in treating complicated chronic pain patients and others that just haven't found the answers to what they were looking for in terms of healing their physical body. And so a lot of this has evolved out of learning from their bodies and seeing these, you know, evaluating people head to toe and seeing these bigger patterns that happen with us. And it gives me so much joy to help people with, with these, the puzzles that we all are (laughs) and to figure that, figure that out. I get such a rush from, from all of it. And really, I think that we often make healing way too hard. And I'm all about kind of finding the shortest path to our highest potential. Mm, yeah. Hell yeah. I'm all, I'm all about healing and pleasure. <laughs> yeah. 
feeling with pleasure. <laughs> well, I think we forget, you know, we know that we scientifically that we inherit the traumas of our ancestors, but we totally forget, like we inherit our ability to experience pleasure that way too. And we're such a, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but we're such a trauma focused society and not that dealing with that isn't important and i understand the evidence and and you know and i come from a lot of training in that like i get it but i think that we've got to start moving out of this um sort of trauma-based mindset and and really give it a bigger place to go mm. into into more pleasure yeah pleasure and empowerment mm-hmm and, and optimizing performance. The vagus nerve is like when an athlete, for example, is in the zone and has a really amazing performance, that is all vagus nerve. Like that's, a me that's measurable in your vagus nerve. Your vagus nerve is what gets you in the zone. So, you know, even just wanting to be a better public speaker, a better actor, a better singer, a better, uh, you know, person, whatever you're doing in your job, you know, getting in the zone, you can use vagus nerve techniques to uh to improve that yeah and a better lover which we'll get and to. a better lover absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah because certainly that's where you really we all really want to be in the zone is when we're a better lover you know when we're making love yeah for sure that's okay. definitely well tell me a little bit about how you went from being a physical therapist and doing very just clinical work to how it relates to sexuality and pleasure because this is a pretty new thing for you right it is. It is. I will say that in um, what I discovered over the years in treating people is that like I'd have it, like especially women would come to me with back pain. And so I'd see them for a visit and then they'd come back a couple weeks later maybe for a second visit and they would tell me they're like, what did you do? Because I've had pain with intercourse for the last eight or nine years since my child was born or whatever and now it doesn't hurt anymore and or they would say like my sex drive is really starting to you know got juiced up after last time or things you know i feel different in my body and what is that and so it was sort of um you know like I said, it's just been kind of a happy side effect but uh, i'm definitely moving into you know as you move into helping people with performance you also move into helping people with you know, experience more pleasure in your bodies and your vagus nerve is your big pleasure pathway across the board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something that's not, uh, that's only been tapped into a little bit scientifically. It's more known as like your rest and digest and just kind of feel good. But I, um, because the vagus nerve in women innervates cervix and clitoris, we know that it's tied deeply into pleasure. For sure. And you're like on the leading edge of this information getting out to the public and even research wise, right? Yeah. Well, I, I am, as far as I know, there's no one on a big scale that's really talking about or looking at the vagus nerve as a pinched nerve, that it can get compressed at different points in your body. Mm -hmm. uh, polyvagal theory is becoming more popular and that's, um, maybe lives a little more heavily in the psychotherapy world and there's techniques that they're using that are great with all of that. But, um, you know, as a physical therapist, I'm all about the mechanics of the body and the, um, and for me, there's six major points that your vagus nerve can get compressed in the body. 
And so I have a whole system of evaluating that and, and treating that to, uh, to enhance function overall. And one of the really beautiful things about the vagus nerve is it uses the same neurotransmitter that your muscles do. So you get these really beautiful musculoskeletal shifts when you address vagus nerve compression. Mm. So what does that mean to, to people without a background like yours? <laughs> like that? Yeah. So what it means, like if you have, say, tight hip flexors mm-hmm. and, or um, even pelvic floor dysfunction, maybe you know that you're maybe having some pelvic pain or um, even incontinence and different things like that, that where your pelvic floor is, the muscles maybe aren't working, you know, they're, they're either too tight or too loose, mm-hmm. that you could, if your vagus nerve is compressed at the base of your skull, that decompressing it at the base of your skull can completely shift your pelvic mechanics and can shift the tone of those muscles. It can get the ones that are tight to lighten up and the ones that are loose to engage a little bit better and just get you, uh, give you the opportunity to reprogram your body in a way that you couldn't with your, because you're stuck in essentially a bad pattern or a, you know, a mechanical pattern that's not working for you. Okay. So that makes sense to me because like most women, I find we have a inability to relax our pelvic floor enough to have a really amazing orgasm. Mm-hmm. When I'm working with women, it's basically teaching them how to relax their pelvic floor. And I do that with the JDEG work, right? But like, there's a bunch of people out there that are like, oh, you want a tight pelvic floor, you want a tight pussy and all those. And I'm just like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> so do you think that this work, like, you know, the compressed vagus nerve, if you decompress it at different points in the body, then it helps the muscles of the pelvic floor to be able to loosen up. Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. It'll help normalize it in whichever direction it needs to go. I found that it's not, that it works both, works both ways. Hmm, So interesting. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to dive deeper into this. I am so curious as well about how in the world the this nerve can potentially allow you to have a throat orgasm because honestly i didn't i had never even heard of them until i did sexuality training and all of that and i even when i had heard about it i was like oh yeah that's crazy you know like nobody has that and then i experienced it and i was like hmm, okay i proved myself wrong there but it doesn't make any sense to me about like how that's even possible to have an orgasm from your throat but I know it has something to do with your work so if you could just like give us an idea of how that might be be absolutely well and I think this may have been when I first reached out to you after because you posted about it and I was like oh that makes so much sense to me (laughs) physiologically so um so correct me if I'm wrong but you experienced it really through uh stimulation on the roof of your mouth on your hard palate correct correct yeah so okay. someone was using their finger at the roof of my mouth and massaging mm-hmm. that part of the mouth mm-hmm. so you have a we all have a bone at the center of our skull that it sits kind of behind the nose and below your temp your temples and it's called your vomer v-o-m-e-r and 
your vomer bone can get like from just even, it doesn't have to be major head trauma, but from, uh, you know, if you've had, especially if you've had a concussion or been a soccer player or were a toe walker when you were a child, I will tell you, you probably have some amount of vomer dysfunction. Hmm. And it, it's not so much directly connected to the, like there's not like a, the vagus nerve doesn't sit by the vomer bone, but what happens is your vomer bone can get stuck low, basically. So if you imagine you get a bump on the head and it gets shoved down oh. and it should have this nice mobility where it goes up towards the top of your head and, you know, and comes down towards your palate a little bit. And so, you know, when you evaluate it or when I evaluate it, it's a little, you know, I, have see which if it can go both directions and if it's got equal excursion but what i find is that when people are when their vomer is dysfunction they are often in what i call vagus nerve lockdown like they've just got their whole system is dysfunctional and that's even measurable at their toes like my biomechanical test for their toes will be abnormal mm -hmm. And so, and when you put the vomer back in the correct position, it literally will unlock the whole thing. It'll change people's hip flexibility and range of motion and get their pelvic floors moving again. <laughs> and it just, it, it affects the entire system. So it made complete sense to me because it is, because of its influence on the vagus nerve that you could have an orgasm through the roof of your mouth too, because I, you, you know, I use a technique in the same part of the mouth to get people to, to, you know, to open up people's vagus nerves and get, you know, so that they, I don't do the sex coaching like you do, <laughs> but I give them, you know, but I give them the space to at least, you know, to physically open up in other, you know, to, to be able to, to get to that point and get all of those uh, other kind of things out of, out of the way. And I think if I was going to, my working theory on this is that it has to do with our embryonic layers and how things come together too, why that works. And I know you do a lot of inner child work and I do it too. And I have a, an energy system for treating embryonic layers too. So when you talk about treating the inner child, there's lots of ways to, to approach that too. But so did that make sense that it's, so when it gets stuck down, it just locks your, your whole system's locked and, you know, and you end up, you can imagine that your vomer being stuck down is kind of like being curled up in a fetal position, you know, and like, if you want to be more open and visible and powerful, you know, you're not going to lay down in a fetal position. Yeah. And so the nerve does have a concentrated amount, like it's a huge nerve. If you look at Ab the Absolutely. Yeah it goes in many different parts of your body, but so there's like some sort of concentration at the roof of your mouth of those nerve endings that somehow pick up. And they also are, you know, directly traveling to your clitoris as well. Mm -hmm. No, you're absolutely getting it. You know, I guess as a PT, I see it more in a, your vagus nerve does innervate the lining of your throat too. So there could be a skin, uh, aspect of the stimulation also mm -hmm. but i think what it a lot of what it does yeah mechanically it just gets your it, it's like putting your brain back in the right place and when i learned this vomer technique like at least 20 years ago at a, uh, a, a continuing education course that i took at michigan state university's college of osteopathic medicine the 
osteopathic dentist that taught that technique said, he's like, if you can change the vomer, you can change anything. Like you like made a big deal about how amazingly transformative this is on people's lives. And I've just seen it over and over and over in a variety of different situations, you know, whether it's a pelvic health issue or a TMJ issue or even suicide ideation, like really mental health mm-hmm. as wow. well. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. It's totally crazy. It's like, it's, it's totally, it's my favorite thing when somebody comes in with vomer dysfunction, cause I know that it's, it's just going to, and I always make a point after I've, you know, when I've done their evaluation to show them where things are, you know, where the limitations are and where they're dysfunctional. And so then we do the vomer technique and then I'll go reassess. And it's just, it's, it, it surprises me every time, even though I've seen it a million times, that <laughs> like it never gets old how, to see it, uh, to see it change like that. Yeah. And one thing that I love about in your bio, you, you put that you're, you're a PT that can help people where no one else has been able to help them before. And that's huge because I have had clients, potential clients that have come to me and some, you know, current clients that have come to me who experience vaginismus, um, vulvodynia, spinal cord injuries, paraplegics even. And they have questions like, I, like, can I experience an orgasm as a, you know, after a spinal cord injury, you know, like they don't, they don't know that it can even be possible. So I'm curious, like, how does this work play out for people that have serious problems like this and where the rest of the medical community may have been like, there's no hope or like, I can't mm-hmm. help. Well, I think there's, um, uh, well, I have a few, few answers for that. One, there is the actual research that shows that women with complete spinal cord injuries can achieve orgasm with vagus nerve stimulation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like my knee-jerk reaction to that was, was, is like, wow, if they're able to experience orgasm, then nobody else has an excuse not to experience an orgasm, you know, like, like what's the potential? Like who, you know, and because your vagus nerve sits outside of your spinal cord, that makes, you know, it makes sense that that possibility is, um, you know, that that's there for them. I think that where the medical system really struggles is that it's also hyper-specialized and focused that nobody's really able to look at the person as a whole. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, and the psychotherapists are probably a little bit better at that than some, you know, that that's, you know, they're looking at the overall mindset, but you're just because you resolve something in your mind doesn't mean that your body, uh, you know, the, uh, your body keeps the score is <laughs> sort of how it goes that, you know, yeah. it still will live in your body. You know, and I say we all have a physical expression of our internal narrative, mm-hmm. you know, and an internal expression of our physical narrative, <laughs> you know, it goes both ways. And so a certain amount of people that have had, um, that aren't getting better are really just biomechanical train wrecks, that they just have so much dysfunction in multiple joints that they have no shock absorption left in their system. Mm -hmm. And so when, by giving just some, a modicum of shock absorption back can make a huge difference on your ability to experience pleasure. If you imagine that you're, 
you know, without shock absorption, you're kind of walking through life like Godzilla or your stomach, you know, that there's just like, it's very heavy and hard on the body to, to do that. And that's going to limit the amount of pleasure that's possible. And that when you, um, uh, and, and the second part of that is that women, you know, we've all been programmed for so long to play small mm-hmm. and really standing in our power and our energy and in our gorgeousness and opulence and amazingness is, uh, it, you know, and in that full electromagnetic alignment that we're literally fractals of the earth <laughs> that, and to kind of, I help people really connect to that bigger sense of themselves and quite literally to the bigger cosmos and how the, like, and how that's coded into them. What I find is that there are critical angles in the body that mimic uh, angles of the earth's processional cycle. And if those angles are not right, you are less likely to feel well. Mm. And then the third part of it is the story that we've told ourselves or the story that's even more, maybe more deeply programmed into us. And this is where I uh, bring in mythology from many different cultures, but the easiest way to understand it, to start to understand it is through Western astrology. So uh, we know that the ancient people communicated science through story because the myth of Isis and Osiris, which is an ancient Egyptian myth, has the numbers of the Earth's processional cycle in it. And there are other major myths from other cultures with the same numbers. So they communicated the cosmology through story. Mm-hmm. And in the ventricles in your brain that make cerebral spinal fluid look just like the ram's horns for Aries. And in astrology, Aries rules the head. And the way your hyoid bone on your Uh, sits on top of your larynx and your throat looks just like the symbol for Taurus and Taurus rules the throat and your aortic arch is the same shape as the symbol for Leo and Leo rules the heart. Scorpio rules the reproductive system and a woman's reproductive system looks very much like a scorpion where the vagina is the tail and the ovaries would be the claws. (laughs) I never thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) And Scorpio is also the only sign that has three archetypes through it. It all, to it. It also has the snake, which is the male phallus, and then the phoenix. You know, it's where we create from, where we rise from, you know, rises from the ashes. And it doesn't matter whether you're making love or babies or business or art, all creation comes from your pelvis, comes from uh, your second chakra. And so you have to have a juicy second chakra just to, uh, to manifest, really. For sure. I know that one. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much all of my work in a nutshell is helping yeah. women wake up their sensual, sexual energy of the sacral sac- chakra. And yeah. also, obviously, inner child work and um, yeah. emotional empowerment is such a big part of sacral work as well. It really is. And so I'll give you, I have two, two stories uh, on that. The So just on a very practical level, so so like we all energetically literally have a scorpion that's living in our pelvises. (laughs) And I treated, you know, this is where I use my more of my intuitive skills, but I treated one of my colleagues who was having 
some pelvic pain. She had had a uterine ablation and, and she especially still had pain when she flexed her right hip up. And so I evaluated her and she's not, uh, she's a very conventional physical therapist. You know, my work is out there, but you know, we're friends. And so I took, anyway, what I saw when I treated her was that her scorpion tail was curled up to the right. So I put her scorpion tail back in place and then she could flex up her right leg without pain, which then also gave her better sexual function because she was able to pull her leg, you know, her leg up during sex. Wow. <laughs> so interesting. So there's lots of, right. So that's one of the really fun ways uh, I use the way archetype lives in the body in terms of personal power. The myth of Pluto and Persephone, I think is one of the least understood, or there are some real gems in it because Pluto and Persephone had equal co-rulership in the underworld Hmm. and they were faithful to each other. And in, none of the renditions of the myth does it ever indicate that Persephone was unhappy in the underworld. She came up for the spring and summer for her mother. So, and we've all had our underworlds really shamed. You know, a lot of our religions have a very dark and demonizing view of that. But in ancient Egyptian culture, your the underworld was where all life came from. It was where gold and gems and the harvest came from. And I just think that's such a beautiful um, perspective. And my name literally means clad in black. So I have this very lovely relationship with the underworld that is not the same, you know, (laughs) the same. And so I do a lot of helping people reprogram and recontextualize kind of what that is to really be able to pull, you know, from deep within ourselves and all of that incredible wisdom that we're programmed with. Yeah, I will totally second the power and epicness of underworld and our darkness. I people that have listened to my podcast or have taken my my ignite your desire masterclass, you've probably heard me say it, but fuck your love and light. Fuck it. Fuck all your love and light and positive vibes only. Because you are denying such a powerful part of you, if that's mm-hmm. the only part of you, if your lightness and your positivity is the only part of you that you can honor, you are not having a complete human experience. Absolutely. <laughs> You're just not. Absolutely. You're not honoring <laughs> all parts of you. And when you can't honor, accept, and love all parts of you, well, you're not experiencing all that you can be experiencing and you're not experiencing all the pleasure that is available to you because there is beauty and darkness. There is power and darkness and not being afraid to go there is such uh, a, you know, a sign of personal strength that, you know, like you trust yourself. <laughs> you trust absolutely. Yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and it can be really beautiful. It doesn't have to, like, I don't perceive dark, like darkness doesn't, um, you know, I just don't perceive it as a negative thing. It's just sort of the yin yang of, right. And, of it all. Yeah, and yin yang is very Taoist, and I'm I come from a very Taoist and, and tantric perspective of 
um, darkness and underworld that in Tantra, it's more of like, well, nothing's inherently good or bad because there's consciousness in everything. So of course we would honor our darkness and the underworld parts of us and, you know, just as much as we would the light and the good stuff. So yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, how does trauma get stored in the vagus nerve? So trauma dials down the vagus nerve basically because we what we when we get traumatized we get a sympathetic response like a fight and flight response and so that's your vagus nerve does is the balancing point or the opposite of your fight and flight system really and so when you go into fight and flight your vagus nerve then gets dialed down and a lot of people live in this state you know this is a state that was really only meant for t- moments like the saber-toothed tigers chasing us yeah. <laughs> whatnot, you know yeah. but like we have a lot of people now like we live in these high sympathetic states and trauma it's well established that trauma always affects the voice and the breath and your vocal cords and your diaphragm are horizontal muscles and they're horizontally oriented in the body. Okay. And so this is where the vagus nerve gets compressed is where you have horizontal structures. And like, and then it limits mechanically, it limits your rotation. Like nobody experiences stress or trauma and has really great arm swing when they walk. We all freeze up, you know, we stop rotating. Huh. And then, I have a more sort of cause, you know, so then we stop literally moving with the universe. Yeah. Or we're resisting our alignment with the cosmos on a much bigger scale because we've given up our rotation. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense to me. And so if you've experienced sexual trauma or something, so how would that pan out in like shutting down desire and orgasmic function? Oh, absolutely. Well, your pelvic floor is a horizontal set of muscles too. So you're going to, right. So it's going to shut down that. And certainly trauma, you know, in the midst of trauma, people will lose bowel and bladder control too at times, but, and absolutely with sexual abuse, other sexual trauma that you will, it's going to shut down that your pelvic floor. And you'll find that these people actually, when you measure their range of motion they often have their hips are often very limited in their ability to come out to the side because they've locked that down in such a protective way and our bodies are always doing the thing that makes the most sense and i think we really have to honor that that whatever dysfunction you have going on your body's doing the smartest thing that it knows yeah how to do and to really appreciate the support that it gives you to get through a really challenging time, but you don't have to stay in that, in that state. And I think trauma, when people can get to the point where they can see their trauma as an initiation into something bigger, I think it's, you know, trauma can be a really big initiation and invitation into doing something bigger with your life than you've ever imagined. Yeah. And it takes a little, you know, you can't always get there at the, you know, early on. But I, 
find that um, being able to, uh, however you do, you, like learning to rewrite the story and get your personal power back. And because sexual trauma, I think, is uniquely uniquely depletes our personal trauma because it because it's in our happens in our creative centers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you point out how when you have experienced trauma, your uh, what do you call it? Rotation or mm-hmm. yeah, rotation. Yeah, yeah. Your your ability to move gets stuck because you know what's so interesting call me crazy and maybe this is just my intuitive side coming out but i go to i like doing group fitness classes like two or three times Mm -hmm. i go to bar three and in the bar three classes there's like packed classes so sometimes there's like 30 people in there and it's very interesting to watch the range of motion that some people or the lack of that Mm -hmm. people have and I can always tell who has experienced sexual trauma just by looking at their bodies and looking at how they move their body I'm like wow she is so shut down I like just their physical expression like I can see it it's oh yeah yeah easy just (laughs) I I start to think of like going nuts or something like am I crazy no I'm sure that and I bet you could put number I bet I could put numbers to it like to give it to give it a value I mean I do think that there are um that you can absolutely measure that in the body and I know based on my range of motion assessment and even my energetic assessment with people when to ask about their histories of sexual trauma and when to ask about suicide ideation because those show up very specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally hear it because I can tell you, I look at some of these people and I'm like, wow, if I could get them in a room for five minutes just to talk to them, like I, I guarantee you that some of them have experience and terrible things or they just have things that they really need to work through that they haven't been able to face yet or they haven't had the support or whatever but it's interesting that when you watch people and how they move and really pay attention you can see it absolutely absolutely and and just because we're all human there are some patterns that go kind of just a you know that are more general as well for example, the right side of our diaphragms have more muscle mass than the left side because your liver's over there. It's really big. Mm. It's just, it's part of just our inherent asymmetry that our heart's a little bit more off to the left. Yeah. You know, liver's on the right. And so your diaphragm is more dense on that side. And so a lot of people will get in lockdown into right diaphragm dysfunction. So they'll pull down on the, on the right side. And that will like inhibit your left hamstrings and it causes you to lift your hips from your little hip hiker muscles and skip over your big glutes that should be doing that muscle, which is a huge problem in a bar class because they're, (laughs) because of all the hip stuff that you do and that, and it contributes to having tight hip flexors where people are literally stuck in a fetal position. And the, when the, So getting just your diaphragm, and so when the diaphragm gets dysfunctional, it flattens out. It goes from being a dome to being more flat. So just 
doing some exhaling to get your dome, your diaphragm, the dome to your diaphragm back. And there are some really specific ways to, to then to do that breathing, to help it target those compensatory neurologic patterns that lay down. But we all have these, um, you know, we all have these patterns. And then I think beyond the physical piece that when we're locked down to the right and the earth below us and the solar system above us are all rotating the opposite direction, we're taken out of alignment on a bigger Mm. scale and that you can't access all of your abundance and all of your creativity and all of the amazingness of life when you don't have the ability to, uh, to move in concert with the bigger picture. That makes so much sense. Okay. I'm so curious to find out now what techniques you use to help people decompress or heal their vagus nerve. But before you go on that, I know that you have a vagus nerve decompression course that I just watched before we did this. It was awesome. So she teaches you how to test your vagus nerve and gives you like lots of techniques to really feel for it. And I have to say, I think mine's pretty damn healthy. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> right. right. Well, you know, both you guys are like, my range of motion is insane. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. So tell us about the techniques and how you work with people. Like you're in New Orleans, uh, you're mm-hmm. where I live. And so you see people locally, but you also see people online and like explain how all that works. Right. So I recorded this course recently for an Australian breast cancer telesummit. And so I've just put my full course out there for everybody. They are largely breathing techniques. They're in specific positions and for each of the compression points. And I do take you through how to evaluate it to see where you are most compressed. Do you want me to describe a technique or do you want me... Yeah. So, I mean, just describe for us like what the, te- so there's movement techniques. And then so there's, there's, yeah, right. So I said, t- so the course is about movement, movement techniques really, and particularly related to breath beyond what's in the online course, because trauma affects the transverse plane so much like your rotation, because it, that there's also, I have exercises beyond that, that are about teaching your body that it's safe to rotate Hmm. and getting that aligned. Hmm. So that's a different course or that's That's a different course. (laughs) That's different material. That's stuff that, you know, I, I'm doing more on a one-to-one basis. I am putting, um, I'm getting gradually getting more and more out there because I do think that especially the vagus nerve decompression to me, I would just love that to be standard public health. Right. Yeah. You know, just for everybody to have that because whenever you, you know, even if you like helped your friend move furniture and then think you're going to pay for it physically later or just, you know, if you zig when you should have zagged or just aren't having a great day that I want, I think these exercises can be really amazing in, you know, just for the, our very uh, typical or common bumps in the road that we all experience. The, when I see, <clears throat> I do work with people in person and I have packages for long term work as well where, and whether I work with somebody. um, So when I work with somebody in person, we're often doing a lot of, you know, just because I can physically put my hands on them where I do more of the, um, the specific biomechanical assessments, but we peel back 
the layers and I have a lot of training in mind body medicine as well. And we really look at how story and archetype live in the body to get that all aligned. And so we go really deep and get you to ground it in your life and get things to change in amazing ways. Yeah. The, when I work with somebody online, I have, um, I have a, an ability to reach through the ethers and feel your physical and energetic alignment with my hands. Like I'll put my hands up to the screen. It's always, uh, my hands are well-practiced, so I put it up to my hands. But I can align people with my remote energy skills as well and then also coach them through the mind-body piece and, you know, use and the story piece as well and really think about what you know what myth are you literally living and what you know how can we change that you know bring a new story or edit that story so it shows up mm-hmm. differently in your life yeah that's powerful stuff uh, so but i am launching a sleep stress or i'll say in the right order stress sleep and sex course <laughs> which um for 2020 so um uh, that's the, there's, if you are interested in that, you can check that out on my website too. Yeah, for sure. And definitely check out the Vegas nerve decompression course. I'm going to put that in the show notes and mm-hmm. that way you can be on her email list. Yep. And, and I'll say one more thing I am putting together, uh, to teach continuing education courses for medical professionals. So if there are medical professionals listening, listening that are interested in, getting this as a continuing education course that is also going to be available in 2020. And there was one other thing I was going to say about, Oh, and I have a bunch of live workshops scheduled in New Orleans coming up too. So. Awesome. Yay. Y'all need to come to New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm happy to take my show on the road if there's interest to, for that as well. Yes. Amazing. Well, definitely download the, uh, her biggest nerve decompression course, watch that. You'll learn all of the, um, movement techniques and breathing techniques that these are self tools. Like I'm all about giving y'all as many tools and practices to build upon and have like this toolbox for transformation that you can have for life. And Melanie gives a great rundown of like how to self heal around this Vegas nerve work and Obviously, you know, you heard her story in the beginning. It was almost like a, like a side effect of your regular PT work that you just started to notice, wow, when we work with a patient in this way, they end up having more pleasure and a better sex drive. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, that happens too. So definitely try it out. And, you know, you can add this to your toolbox of practices. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lacey. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on. Wow. Okay. Wait, one more question before we Mm -hmm. head on. What is one tip or trick that you would give for becoming a multi-orgasmic mama? Hmm. Well, I could be very easily hammering the hammer down on like decompress your, keep your vagus nerve decompressed (laughs) would probably be the easy answer. But I'll beyond that. I would also say, know that, that pleasure is your birthright. Like really know that deep down. Yeah. 
Yeah. Teach your body that your body. Teach your body that, yeah, you get to really own this. Like it's not, you're not the, you don't have to be the, the victim of your circumstances here that you can really experience. uh, You're you're deeply, deeply wired for pleasure. Yeah. Right. Even the body's blueprint for women is that we are made to receive pleasure and ways that men aren't at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. That wonderful tip. You are wired for pleasure. It is your birthright. Please take that and really sit on that and go download your course. All right. Thank you all so much for joining today and we'll talk to you next week.